This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. You are listening to On the Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Hello and welcome to On the Daily, a daily fantasy sports podcast brought to you by Rotoviz Radio. My name is Matt Lamarca. I'm back. I uh, took a little one week hiatus. You know, if NFL teams are entitled to bye week every now and then, I think I needed one myself. You know, I had to recharge the batteries. Uh, but you can find my work over at the Action Network. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt Lamarca. I'm joined, as always, by my talented co-hosts. First, he is the co-host of the wildly popular and successful Laying the Points podcast. And you can find him putting his coaching expertise on display each week over at the Action Network. He is Anthony Amico, who you can follow on Twitter at Amixa. Anthony, how's life treating you, bud? Uh, pretty good. I mean, no major. Grocery Outlet Bargain Market is your headquarters for huge Labor Day savings. This week, stock up on Frito-Lay party-sized chips. 10.5 to 20-ounce assorted varieties are buy two, get one free. That's a wow savings of up to 50% versus traditional grocery stores. Limit three free. Also, get the grill fired up with Nathan's Famous Beef Franks. 10 to 12-ounce assorted varieties are just $2.99. That's a wow savings of up to 57%. Offers good through September 3rd. Grocery Outlet Bargain Market complaints just the standard small complaints uh a losing week in dfs i mean we lost to jonesy in the three man uh i don't I lost, that i lost to a lot of other people in various contests <laughs> so uh yeah we're but we're you know morale is high though morale is high <laughs> my other co-host is the host of the bogey free podcast he's been doing great work over at rotaviz not just for nfl but also starting up with some PGA DFS coverage, he is Matt Jones, who you can find on Twitter at Matt Jones TFR. Matt, what's going on with you? Just uh, just riding high off this three-man win again. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm a little disappointed that you didn't call bogey-free wildly popular, but we'll move on from that. Uh, yeah, no, everything's going good, man. When you have Matt as your co-host of Bogey Free, then it'll be the wildly popular <laughs> That's all. Fair. <laughs> Valid points. Yeah, everything's good. Dad life, winning week on uh, DraftKings last week. I'm, uh, we're rolling along. Good to hear. Uh, before we get on to this week's show, I just want to mention you can get a 30% discount to a Rotoviz subscription through the podcast homepage. That's rotoviz.com slash podcast. Uh, listen, we're in crunch time here, folks. This is the time where championships are won. So you need to hop over to Rotoviz and take advantage of all the content they have over there to help you win your league, be it 
free agency, trade targets, start sit recommendations. It's got you covered with everything that you need uh, for this final stretch towards the playoffs. We also just launched a Patreon account. That's patreon.com slash Radio, which helps support our 10 weekly podcasts during the NFL season. Becoming a patron also gets you access to our new live show, which will be airing at 11 a.m. on Sunday throughout the football season. Uh, I know Anthony is a part of that on occasion, and it's definitely a cool little show to check out if you need some last-minute advice on your DFS lineups, your seasonal lineups, or uh, if you just need a friend to talk to. You know, they're there for you. Uh, Before we get on to Week 8, let's briefly go over some results from last week. Sadly, our listener league fell one person shy of filling. Uh, I'm taking personal blame for that. I saw at around 10 a.m. Eastern time that we were only one person away from filling it, and I just didn't push it enough on Twitter after that. So I'm going to take the L on that. Uh, This week I'll be much more diligent about filling it back up. So I will go out on the record and guarantee that we will have a strong listener league back in action for week eight. Jones, you also managed to grab another win in the three-man competition. I bet you now that you wish that you listened to me about the skins thing, huh? (laughs) (laughs) But instead, it's going to bring the overall tally to three and a half wins each for Anthony and Jonesy. And uh, I'm biding my time with a gentleman zero through the first seven weeks. Uh, Jones, the big difference for you was you were the only one of us who used carry-on Johnson. Uh, you faded the Browns running backs to get to him, which ended up being the difference. You beat me by three points. Uh, you also didn't have um, Jermaine Curse, who put up a bagel for me and Amico. So good decisions there. I don't know if you have anything you'd like to share as to what led you down those roads. Yeah, I think just Njoku, just really needing Njoku at tight end sort of got me off the Cleveland running backs in a lot of spots, which ended up helping my week quite a bit. Right. Yeah, and Jermaine Curse is dead to me. I mean, I lost money on the Jets this week, and he cost me this three-man, so I'm holding him personally accountable. There. Um, I want to just throw it out there, though, that I think I've given you guys enough of a head start. It's time for me to turn it on in this contest, okay? And just to show how confident that I am, I'm willing to take bets on me coming back and finishing with the best record in this thing. The way I figure it, that means I got to win a minimum of six of the remaining weeks. So think it over. Let me know if you're interested in some action, uh, and we'll we'll make something happen. But I need something to make this a little more interesting for me. You know, we're not playing for high enough stakes right now. Uh, I think it's I think it's a known fact that I'm just the best DFS player out of the three of us. So, <laughs> I mean, I feel like I feel like the proximity. Like we're all relatively close to each other. I feel like there's a dinner bet in here somewhere. Like there's a like the stakes aren't high enough. We could get stakes. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I feel like there's a. I was thinking more of like a brewery trip, but that yeah, like stakes work Ooh. also. I'm down. I I mean I love nothing goes better better with a trip to the brewery than a nice steak dinner in my this opinion. Is so all right, right we're gonna talk about it, but but regardless, I'm putting a win on the board this week. I'm gonna be in the lab. For hours grinding this one lineup. Just throwing it out there. (laughs) All right. Quarterback position. We'll start where we always start. And let's look at some of the chalkier options for this week. 
Uh, three quarterbacks are currently projected for 13 to 16% ownership on Fantasy Labs. That's Patrick Mahomes, Jared Goff, and Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, how are you approaching these three guys in GPPs, and are you looking to pay up for one of them in cash game? Uh, Jonesy, since you won last week, let's start with you. I mean, no, I'm, I'm not. Obviously, I'm playing Jared Goff. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, if if <laughs> when push comes to shove, uh, I'm gonna go Goff. But um, I I think that I am not playing any of these three in cash. I think I am going to be playing the aforementioned CJ Beathard. Um, My God, again! It's just uh, gonna keep going until they until they put him over five K. Whatever. That's not that's not the point right now. Here, answer the question, please. Sorry, sorry. I'm getting off track. I'm all uh, <laughs> I'm all a buzz still from the uh, from the win I'm riding high right now. But yeah, I mean, I think that you could probably say that the three of these guys have pretty similar ceilings. So why wouldn't I just pay for the cheapest guy who happens to be, wait for it, Jared Goff? Yeah, I I don't know how you look past Jared Goff this week. I mean, they're implied right now for 33 points, the Rams that is, and you're getting the quarterback for that team at 6K. That seems pretty silly to me. I mean, I know that, Quarterback salaries have been priced down all season on DraftKings, but 6K for a team with a 33 implied team total, that just seems ridiculous to me. And if you look at the Fantasy Labs trends tool, quarterbacks with a comparable salary and implied team total have a consistency rating of 74% and have exceeded salary-based expectations by an average of 4.6 points. So I do agree that I think that Goff is the best option of the three, and I'd love to be able to use him in cash games. I just don't know if I'm going to have the the value plays at other positions. Like I might need to go a little bit cheaper. Let yeah, I mean go. he's not. Yeah, I, no, no, you're good. Like I, I think that Mahomes is ostensibly always the nut play uh, in like a tournament standpoint. I mean he averages thirty dra- over thirty DraftKings points per game. He has a literal 100% consistency rating this year. Like the guy is just, the guy is just a stone knock every week, but he's 7K. So, like in cash, you're probably not looking to go all the way up. Uh, I do agree with you guys that Goff is probably the best of these three in cash. I have mentioned Goff splits before on this podcast. I mean, I think that he, I think the deal with Goff is just that like the variance and the outcomes is so closely related to the touchdowns. So, like, how many times is he going to hand the ball off to Todd Gurley in the red zone? How many times is he going to throw the ball in the red zone? And uh, I think the lack of Cooper Cup is a real factor for him. Uh, Cup was obviously his preferred target in the red zone. So I don't think I love Goff this week for cash. I certainly understand why you would do it, but I think uh, I just think there's better options. Yeah, I mean, to, to speak to that, you are pretty spot on. Like Goff had that one monster game against the Vikings where he blew up. But since then, 19.3, 8.4, and 6.5 DraftKings points. So I guess the salary decrease does seem warranted. Like, he hasn't exactly been a man on fire for the past three games. So I do I do get your concerns. Yeah, I mean, he has a ceiling. Like, don't get me wrong. I just think that, like, the offense doesn't necessarily need him. And as a result, he is not, like, a quote-unquote, like, safe play. Are we buying Roethlisberger at home as an eight-point favorite over Cleveland? Like, I know that's a situation where we normally would like to target them, but it kind of feels like 
he's going to be a secondary type option. I know I mentioned he's projected for 13 to 16% ownership, but I feel like some of these other guys will probably get more attention than him. I mean, you know, I'm always playing Roethlisberger at home. I don't think that he is like, I'm not as into him as I usually am, which actually makes me a little nervous because I feel like now this is the time he's going to go off. But I don't know. I feel like Cleveland has done like a pretty good job of limiting like these really big plays on offense. I kind of think this is a game that Pittsburgh's going to end up winning on the ground. So, I mean, it's certainly possible that, you know, that Roethlisberger has a big game. He has that potential. But, again, I, I just there are, other, there are other spots that I think I like better um, in cash. And, you know, like I said, like he should be a part of your tournament structure, like if you're multi-entering and stuff. But he's not like an absolute must for me if I'm playing single entry or three max. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. Because he's a, defi- a divisive figure on this podcast, at least for some reason. Um, I personally love Aaron Rodgers, and Anthony hates him for some odd reason. Wow. Uh, so, Jones, let's start with you, since you're probably the least biased towards him. Is this a week where he's worth considering? He's going up against the Rams as the largest underdog he's been in his entire career, but he's also priced at just 6400 the brace on his knee is supposedly coming off this week, so that might give him more mobility. Like, do you find him interesting uh, in a in a situation that is probably not ideal, but could be a fast game at a very minimum? Like, what are your thoughts on Rodgers? Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny that you that you're framing this conversation that way because I was just trolling my friends in a group chat with some Aaron Rodgers versus Andy Dalton uh, splits over the last few years. But uh, I digress. Um, he, they're obviously going to need him, right? If the if the game goes the way that Vegas thinks it's going to go, they're going to need him to throw quite a bit. Um, the receivers are getting healthier. It looks like Cobb and Allison are going to play. So yeah, I mean, I, I wish he was a little bit cheaper, I guess, because what is he the second highest on the slate? But yeah, I mean, he's he's going to throw a ton. I would imagine that this game is going to feature a bunch of scoring, and I think that it's a, it's a pretty safe bet that the game goes over. So I wouldn't be shocked if he, you know, could throw for a few touchdowns, find himself at the hundred uh, three hundred yard bonus, and all that good stuff. So I am definitely uh, going to have some Rogers in tournaments this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I think that the salary like speaks to just how crazy the pricing has gotten on DraftKings because mm-hmm. like. We're saying that we wish he was cheaper than 6400 but he's only been priced below 7k on DraftKings 10 times in his career. So like 6400 is a pretty fair price to pay for him in my opinion and if you look at his previous performance when he was been priced below 7k, he's exceeded salary based expectations by an average of 5.71 points. Right. So I think 6400 could be a really nice uh price point to target him at. Yeah, I mean, it's all relative, though, right? Like, if he's the second highest, like, we still need to find something else elsewhere, you know, some value elsewhere to uh, to to make up for it, even though it is lower than, than it usually is. Fair point. Uh, Amico, come on in and rain on my parade a little. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't think he's a bad play. Like, we know that Rodgers has upside. We know that he has the ability in any game to throw for multiple touchdowns, four touchdowns. You know, it's definitely something that he does. Uh, you know, and this game has a super high total, so I think we have every reason to believe that Rodgers has a tremendous ceiling in this game. That said, uh, I will not be playing him. 
<laughs> I mean, there's just other quarterbacks I like more. That's really all it is. Like, I, I don't think the Rodgers is a bad play. If you told me that an Aaron Rodgers team wins the million this week, I'd say, yeah, sure, I'd buy that. You know, the L.A. secondary has been down. Uh, they've been giving up a ton of points through the air, even to guys like C.J. Beathard at times. Um, but, like, I, I feel like the the real deal with Rodgers uh, is just, like, I like some of these other guys better. I mean, we have Rodgers, we have Roethlisberger at home. We have, you know, Post Mahomes on the slate. Like, we have Goff on the slate. We have a couple other guys that I'm going to talk about. Like, I think it's really easy to not be on Rodgers this week. Maybe that's what makes him a good play in tournaments. But I... Uh, He's just not my cup of tea, you know, especially on the road. I think Rodgers is one of those guys that has really good home splits. I mean, what a world that we're living in, that Rodgers is now a, you know, tertiary or fourth option behind guys like Jared Goff. Uh, I will say Rodgers has thrown for at least 31.4 DK points in back-to-back games and is notoriously good off of a bye week. So, uh, you know, if you're out there and you're listening and you're like me and you like Aaron Rodgers, I think there are, reasons to believe in him this week so i'm i'm in i want it to be known okay let's move down the pricing spectrum uh i know jones you already mentioned you're looking at cj bethard so go ahead and explain to me what i'm missing with him uh you know why is he a good play at 4900 this week i just think he has early i think i like to really lock in like the high, high volume running backs and hopefully find some upside at wide receiver too so like if I'm willing to pay down, like why wouldn't I pay 4,900 for a guy who, I mean, I know he, he kind of sucked last week. Um, the game got away from them (laughs) in kind of a hurry, but overall, like in his starts, he's been performing and exceeding salary expectation. I don't know. I think he's, I think he's missed salary expectation like twice in his starts or maybe three times in his starts so far. So like why, why go away from him? You know, I just think he's way too cheap. Like if he was 5,500, then I would find somebody else. But just that under 5,000 is is too much for me to ignore. Yeah, I mean, he has gone three for four this season in terms of exceeding salary-based expectations. So I get it. But like to me, when, when quarterbacks were more expensive on DraftKings, that was a more appealing option. Like now we're talking about you're saving like a thousand bucks compared to the top quarterback options on the slate, which I don't really understand. Like if you were telling me that Jared Goff was like 7,500 this week, I understand it, but you can get Goff for 1100 more. So I, I, maybe that's where I'm having the biggest problem with a guy like Beathard. It's just that I don't see a ton of salary savings. I mean, Cam Newton's 5,800. Like there are guys that are just, in the same stratosphere price-wise, who are just much, much better players, in my opinion. Uh, Amico, why don't you uh, give me your thoughts on Beathard and other, some other low-priced guys that maybe you're looking at this week? Yeah, I mean, I, I think just to kind of build into the Beathard conversation, like for me, like I think that what we should always want is upside. Like I think now we live in a quarterback world where you know, CJ Beathard at 4,800 scoring 15 DraftKings points, like it's just not enough. You know, like I think we need a guy that has the ceiling to go for 25 or 30 DraftKings points, a guy who maybe has a floor of 20 points. Uh, so for me, you know, I learned my lesson last week with Beathard. I don't think I'm going to go back. Uh, I mean, maybe one day I'll go back, but I don't think that this is the time to do that. Uh, I'm going with Jameis Winston 
And he's 6K. He's the same price as a couple of the other guys, you know, same price tier really as like Roethlisberger, Goff, a little cheaper than Rodgers. But I just think that Winston is in like the perennial nut spot as a quarterback. Like he's on a team that is passing the ball a ton. They're throwing the ball 61.5% in his two starts. Uh, they're on a team. He's on a team with a terrible pass defense. Uh, you know, one of the worst teams in the league against opposing quarterbacks. They are uh, just flushed with weapons. Uh, I mean, Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans, OJ Howard, Adam Humphreys, Chris Godwin, Cameron Brait, uh, Peyton Barber out of the backfield. Just tons of tons of weapons. Uh, so, and and Winston is someone who we know is willing to throw the ball down the field and challenge defenses vertically. So, lots of upside per pass. Uh, so, I really think that Winston is a guy with a tremendous floor. And I also think he brings with us a ceiling. He is on the road this week at Cincinnati. I know that we've mentioned maybe not necessarily loving players on the road, but again, Bengals bottom three in opponent plus minus at quarterback. Uh, This is a matchup that features two of the two teams within the top 12 of neutral pace, according to football outsiders. Uh, And it's a good matchup again for Winston. So I just think that this is a really great spot. Uh, Winston is my favorite overall quarterback play this week, and I think his ownership is going to be low enough where I can play him not just in cash but also in tournaments. Yeah, I like Jameis Winston as well quite a bit. I think he's a good play, and uh, you know it's weird to see Andy Dalton at sixty two hundred. You know, with the names that we've mentioned being priced right in that same vicinity, but he's got the best matchup of the bunch against Tampa Bay. So yeah, I, I like both sides of that game. I, I think I would prefer. Dalton, if you had the extra 200, but I'm totally fine with playing Winston as well. Um, let's talk GPPs. Uh, Amico, outside of Winston and maybe some of the other guys that we've mentioned, uh, who are you considering, if anyone? I mean, Andrew Luck to me is just always in play. Like, I feel like the overall pass volume coming out of Indianapolis is absurd. I mean, and, and, uh, Andrew Luck is like on pace to break records, he's throwing the ball. You know, 53 times this year, 40 times, 62 times, 59 times. Just crazy, crazy, crazy pass volume. Uh, He's starting to throw the ball deep again, which I outlined on the Action Network this week. T.Y. Hilton is back, one of the best deep threats in the entire league. And Oakland is not very good at defending the uh, the deep ball. Their secondary stinks. So I think Andrew Luck is an excellent tournament play this week. Again, there's lots of good quarterbacks this week, so I don't think too many people will look that way. Um and I think he's in a great spot. So I'm, I'm going to be riding some uh, some Luck Hilton stats this week, I think. Yeah, and I think one thing that's interesting to note is Marlon Mack missed practice. So uh, if he's not going to be active, that leaves them kind of without a running option again. You know, like he was great last week, and they haven't had any success on the ground when he's been out of their lineup. Like it's been short passes and stuff to Naheem Hines. So I think Luck, if Mac is out, becomes like an elite tournament play. I mean, he's he's good to begin with, but that would honestly take his stock, I think, to another level. Sure. Uh, Jonesy, any thoughts on this stuff? Uh, yeah, I, I'm fully on board with Luck. Um, it's just insane. Like, he's on pace for like 700-some-odd pass attempts. Like, it's just insane. Um, other than that, I mean, in in this sort of conversation, like, I don't know. Like I, I still like Mitch Trubisky like I do every week. Um, they've given up, they being the jets have given up at least 
uh, 17 DraftKings points to opposing quarterbacks in all but one of their games. And Trubisky is actually averaging 40 yards rushing per game, which is uh, pretty impressive. Obviously, he had a big week last week, but even if you take that out, it's still you know around like probably 25-ish. So you're looking at a couple of points. He's rushed a few in. I just think um, the offense, that offense is sort of starting to click a little bit and uh, could provide some some good fantasy numbers this uh, this weekend too. Yeah, I think I think Trubisky's a fu- a fine play. I mean, the rushing upside, like you mentioned, is just so big for his fantasy stock. Um, and I love what they've been doing with Tariq Cohen, which means you know less less traditional run attempts and more short passes and things like that. So uh, all that is very very good for Mitch. Um, But yeah, I agree. I think one of the biggest things Anthony mentioned is that the quarterback ownership this week should be pretty spread out. So I don't think you really have to focus too heavily on that for GPPs. Like just pick the guys that you like the best and play them. I don't think that any one quarterback in particular is going to have like massive ownership. All right, let's move on to running back. Uh, Another week for Todd Gurley, guys. Three touchdowns, over 30 DraftKings points for the third straight week. Is there any reason to get off the train at this point, or should we just continue to bank on massive production for him? Uh, let's start with you this time, Amico. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we can certainly continue to bank big-time production for Todd Gurley. He's the leader of the best or second-best offense in the entire league, depending on what you make of the rank, of the Chiefs. Uh, and, you know, he's going to continue to score touchdowns. He is... Not the engine that makes it go, but he is the guy that is at the end, you know, doing all the fun stuff. So I certainly think that Gurley is a play. I do not think, however, that he is a must play this week. I mean, the last couple weeks we've had really, really weak running back pools overall, I think. Uh, And it's been really hard to not be a part of, you know, hashtag team jam him in. This week, though, I mean, we are flush with running back options. I'm sure we're going to talk about a bunch of guys kind of as we go through the show. Uh, but I do not think that paying $9,800 for Todd Gurley or $11,000 on FanDuel oof, um, is is required this week. I actually think that it may be better to go off of that uh, since there are so many other good plays at the skill positions that we want to fit this week. Jonesy, will you be hashtag jamming him in? Yes. I'm not even I, like, yeah, I'm going to play him everywhere. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard not to do that, I think, at this point. Like, I agree, Anthony, there are a ton of strong running back options, but what's Todd Gurley's floor at this point? Like, 20 points? Yeah. Like, it's just hard to see a situation where he busts, and I just, at least for my cash game teams, like, I I need that security. So, I, I totally agree. Like, it's tempting to try and save some money with some of these guys that, are down a peg or two like James Conner or, or Kareem Hunt, who we'll talk about next. But just the safety upside combination that Gurley has is like unmatched. Um, all right. Yeah. So let's go to the aforementioned James Conner and Kareem Hunt. They are at 7,500 and 7,100 respectively on DraftKings. So you are getting a pretty solid savings when compared to Gurley. Uh, Amico, do one of those two guys jump out to you as a better play than Gurley? And uh, how are you approaching them in all formats? Yeah, I mean, I think that James Conner, for me, is the best overall running back play in all formats this week. Uh, You know, not going to be uh, hurt at all by Le'Veon Bell, uh, who is still not reporting to camp. You know, thanks to you. (laughs) No, I love it. Thank you, Lev. 
uh, for freeing James Conner. Um, I mean, James Conner owns the highest market share of rush attempts in the entire league. He has a 15% target share. Uh, this is a guy who, you know, for all intents and purposes, is Le'Veon Bell in this offense. Uh, and he's already crushed the Browns once this season in week one. Um, you know, certainly expect him to see similar usage here. Uh, he's gone over 100 yards with two rushing touchdowns in back-to-back games. And uh, as a result, I will be uh, jamming in Connor this week. Is that week one game against Cleveland, like, really predictive, though? Because neither team could really throw the ball in that situation. Cleveland wasn't even starting Baker Mayfield at that point. Like, can we look at that and expect similar results? Like, I'm not saying Connor's a bad play. I totally agree with you. But I don't know. Like, I'm kind of having a hard time getting from he crushed them in week one, so he's going to crush them this week. Well, I mean, he's just such a big part of the offense anyway. Like I said, like the total market share that he owns in the offense is really high. So when you factor in the matchup, which is good, uh, I feel like that's a very good play. I mean, again, a high total, you know, one again that we expect to have points. Jones, what are your thoughts on these guys? Yeah, I, I'll take, I'll take hunt over Connor. Um, the, the smart folks at Rotoviz, So like the people who aren't named Matt Jones, um, <laughs> put together a, uh, a sim score app that it should be up there um, in the next like day or two. And uh, it gave, it gave hunt a higher ceiling and he's cheaper than Connor. So I'm going to continue to listen to the smart people there. Cause that's what got me on Trubisky last week. So why not? Yeah. I, I mean, forward to taking your money in the three men. You're adorable. <laughs> both. <laughs> They're both they're both great plays. They've both been doing great things recently. I mean, Kareem Hunt has at least twenty nine point five DK points in three of his past four games, including against these aforementioned Denver Broncos. So, by the Amico logic, that means he's going to do it again this week. <laughs> um, I, I, I never honestly, even said that. I don't understand why that's come up now twice. <laughs> I'm honestly not sure which one of the two I prefer. I'm going to fully cop out and sit on the fence. I think that the answer is you want both of them in your teams. Like, uh, obviously, you have to make a decision in cash games. You can play one or the other, but like in tournaments, you should have plenty of exposure to both. I think like that's just I think a, a good strategy when you have two good running backs. Uh, let's talk some salary savers. There are a couple of guys here that are interesting to me. Obviously, we've got Isaiah Crowell. Uh, now with Bilal Powell on the sidelines. Uh, Nick Chubb, even though he burned some people last week, he could be an interesting target for the Browns. And uh, Marshawn Lynch is out in Oakland, so maybe a guy like Jalen Richard. Uh, I think all of these guys are in play for uh, Week 8, all grading well in the Chris Raybon model over at Fantasy Labs. So, uh Jones, what do you feel about those three guys in particular? Is there somebody I'm missing that you think is a better play in the same price range? Like, what are your thoughts on some salary savers? No, I think I'm going to probably uh, get <laughs> waste more money on Isaiah Crowell because I just can't get away from this guy for some reason. Like, no matter what goes on, whether it's like writing like 2,500 word articles two years ago about why I thought he was going to be good or whatever the case is. He uh, he always seems to uh, to pop up, and I end up falling in love with him. So I'm probably going to play way too much of him this week. I, I don't think that 
Chubb is necessarily a bad play, but I just I don't really trust it. And I could see that game going in a completely different direction than them really feeding him. So that scares me a little bit. And then Richard, like Gruden's such a dumbass that like he could really like just use Doug Martin and like run him into the ground like completely. So I don't really trust that either. So I think I'm just going to be like, well, Crowell's like the only dude in green this weekend that's a running back. So I should probably just go with him, at least until Elijah McGuire comes back. Yeah. Don't sleep on Trent Cannon, bro. Yeah, I was about to say. (laughs) Uh, The one thing I will say about Crowell is I could see a situation against Chicago where this game does get a little bit out of hand. Like if the Jets can't establish the run with Crowell, they're going to get buried. Like they're just their offense, especially now that um, Anunwa is sidelined, like they just don't have guys that can move the ball outside of Crowell. So I, I agree. Like, I, I don't know how you don't play him at 3,700, but I could also see a situation where he's not getting a ton of usage in the second half of this game. Yeah, I just I figure you you need like what, 11 points out of him, like and then you're good. Like, I don't think that that's unreasonable. So I'm just going to go with him so that I can fit in all the extra ceiling elsewhere. Amico, thoughts on the cheapies? Uh, I mean, I like all these guys to a certain extent. I also obviously like Duke Johnson in tournaments. Uh, but I, I would agree that Crowell is the best cheap running back option for cash. I mean, I think he has the most bankable workload. He's already seeing, you know, roughly 40% of the rush attempts, has a 6% target share. Uh, and that's with Bilal Powell playing. I think once Bilal Powell sees out, uh, there's going to be a ton more snaps available for Crowell. I mean, I think a big part of why he hasn't seen the ball is he hasn't really been on the field. He's only played, you know, 33 out of 71 snaps last week, 29 out of 71 the week before that. And he hasn't played 50% of the snaps uh, at all this season. So I think he is a very clear candidate to go past that number this week. Uh, so I think we can bank 15 touches for him, which is a 15 touches is fair. And I think because he's already been getting kind of like 10 to 12 uh, and at 3,700, I think that that's uh, I think that's very, very playable. I think Crowell is the guy that gets you all the dudes this week. Um, go ahead. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's, it's, he's got the upside for a huge week. Like we've seen that from him in limited touches. He can rip off 102 touchdowns. So like you're you're right. His floor is safe enough that I think you have to play him at 3,700 in cash games. But if you wanted to get away from him in tournaments, I think that that's okay too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that the ceiling is too great. Like unless you're basically going contrarian Jets and you think the Jets are going to like win the game <laughs> or something like that, you know. But I uh, I mean he gets more targets than Nick Chubb does, who's a thousand dollars more. Like I don't see the real difference between Crowell and Chubb outside of the fact that like. You would expect Cleveland, I guess, to be a little more competitive. I don't know. I mean, the spread doesn't say so. So, like, I feel like Crowell is basically cheaper Nick Chubb, but with pass game usage. And yeah, I feel like that's, that's like a no-brainer. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, the Cleveland offense might be a little bit better than the Jets' offense, but sure, sure, sure. yeah, they're they're both in tough situations this week. Uh, I do want to stand a little harder for Jalen Rashard, though. Like, we've seen him in passing game scripts already have value this season so if he's gonna get some more playing time i think he could arguably have the highest upside of this trio just given the fact that he has the potential for like an eight catch game so i I love richard in tournaments uh and hopefully all the talk about doug martin just 
scare some people away. I think this is the same thing that I was saying about carry on Johnson last week too. Like we're hoping that they do the right thing sort of. And like sometimes coaches don't do the right thing. They do what they like think is, is optimal. That isn't. So if it ends up working out, then like Richard has a, a wild, wildly higher ceiling than these other guys for sure. Uh, any other guys you're considering for GPPs can be any part of the pricing spectrum. Amico. Yeah. I mean, like I, I find it really hard to like completely fade Saquon. I yes. think at 800, he's probably not going to see very much love this week in terms of ownership. And uh, I mean, the guy is just a, a stone cold stud. Like he's going to see tremendous usage. He has a huge pass game upside. He has touchdown upside. I mean, I think that he has everything you want in a running back. Uh, so I think he's a guy that I probably want to have a little piece of uh, every week. And uh, I'm going right back to David Johnson. I think this is the <laughs> this is the DJ week. Like I mean, we got good a new old Byron Leftwich. Yeah, we got Byron. Good old Byron. I mean, I mean, is there anyone? Is there anyone that is there any one town in America that has stand hard harder for Byron Leftwich than Lindenhurst, New York? I don't think so. So uh, I think David Johnson is going to be hopefully used a little more optimally. He's already had like a pretty good game against San Francisco this year. I mean, we talked along the points, Matt, we expect Arizona to win. Uh, so I think that it's good game script for David Johnson. And when that happens, I expect him to do the things. So I'll be playing him. Jonesy. Yeah. I also, I love the reports like Byron Leftwich wants to get David Johnson the ball all the time. Byron Leftwich wants to get Larry Fitzgerald the ball all the time. Like he's just right. saying he wants to get everybody the ball. No, but what I, he's saying is that like I I actually know how to fucking coach and I'm gonna right. get the ball. Like, money. I'm not Mike McCoy. I'm an actually intelligent human being. Yeah, Correct. we'll see. Um, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting because obviously those things don't change like overnight. Like part of whatever is going on there is going to stay the same, but I do think they'll make a concerted effort to get DJ the ball. So I do love that. And I just, I can't imagine like how can a guy who's never scored less than 20 DraftKings points, like be low owned. Like Saquon Barkley is not like he hasn't ever had a bust game, like not even close to one, but he's he's just, just, he's in that weird pricing range where he's like a little bit more expensive than Connor and hunt. And a little bit cheaper than Gurley. Exactly. It's the perfect, like, we always call it, like, in golf, like, we always say, like, an ownership vacuum. Like, there's these, like, sandwiched guys around them that's going to be super, super high-owned. Like, Gurley's going to be out of control again this week. Yeah. And you're just, like, Barkley's going to be single digits owned in a lot of contests. Like, that's that's not a good thing for the people who are fading him. I don't I don't really understand that at all. So I will definitely have a ton of Saquon. Um, outside of that, I I think I'm gonna go back to carry on again. It looked like Theo Riddick missed uh practice yesterday and today again. So it looks like he'll probably miss. Um and we mentioned Tariq Cohen before. I love the way that they're using him. I think the Trubisky Cohen Bears defense stack makes a bunch of sense this week. Yeah, I like all those plays. I mean, I, I agree on Saquon. Like, I love Saquon, and I love Tariq Cohen. Like, 5,800 is not enough for him yeah. against the Jets, first of all, <laughs> and just the way that he's been being used the past few weeks. Yep. Um, and I kind of mentioned him earlier, but if Marlon Mack is out, just di- inject Naeem Hines directly into my veins at 3,800 <laughs> against the Oakland Raiders. Just all of it. I just want it mainlined. 
right to the central nervous system. I will take all of the Naheem Hines at that price tag. All right. Before we get to wide receivers, I want to mention the DraftKings Listeners League. We failed to fill it last week. I already took responsibility for that, but it's filling up this week, damn it. 35 people. I'm making it right now. Entry. We're going to pay the top five spots. So if you think you can take us down, uh, check out our Twitter feeds. We'll be tweeting the link out. Um, you know, we won't forget to do it on Sunday morning at Matt LaMarca, at Amixta, at Matt Jones TFR. And uh, let's have a good week this week, fellas. Let's uh, let's have a good contest. I'm feeling good. I mean, I'm, I've already talked a big game in the three-man competition. I think I'm making some noise in the uh, in the listener league this week as well. If I, I think I might have had a part of the uh, part of the blame here because I just realized that I named last week's listener league week eight. Ah, Jones. <laughs> I don't know that people actually read the title, but. It probably. I mean, full disclosure, I did not know that. I mean, so, neither of us knew anything. Right, then, <laughs> then never mind. I take back what I said. I have none of the blame. It's all Lamarcus' fault. <laughs> all right, wide receivers. Uh, Antonio Brown priced at eighty five hundred on DraftKings. Is he the top receiver this week at the uh, top of the pricing spectrum, or is there somebody else that you're eyeing instead? Uh, Amico, let's start with you. I mean, I think that. Uh... Tyreek Hill, Antonio Brown, those guys are all good plays, but uh, not the guy, not necessarily who I'm looking for the most in like a cash game. I mean, I think kind of goes hand in hand with what we were saying with, uh, uh, shoot, with, with Roethlisberger before, right? Like you always want to have exposure to AB at home. 8,500 is a pretty cheap price for a guy of his skill set, but obviously he has not produced as we are accustomed to seeing Antonio Brown produce. Uh, so I will not be playing Antonio Brown. I will instead be going the way of uh, Odell Beckham all the way down at 7,500. I think that that is a, uh, just way too cheap. I mean, OBJ has really seen volume this year. I know that Eli is uh, obviously pretty terrible, but he has nine or more targets in every single game this season. He's gone for over 100 yards in two of the last three games. Actually, has over 30 DraftKings points in two of the last three games. Uh, you know, I just think that that ceiling is really difficult to avoid in cash and also in tournaments. I don't think I don't think Odell is a fade this week. I think he is a play. I like Odell, but I have to go with Antonio Brown here. I mean, his production has been a little bit down, but if you look at the last two weeks, he's had 101 yards and two touchdowns and 105 yards and one touchdown. And this price is just ridiculous for him in a situation where the Steelers are expected to score a lot of points at home. If you look at Antonio Brown at home, priced between eight and 9,000 on DraftKings, he's averaged over 31 DK points, exceeded salary-based expectations by over 10 points, consistency rating of roughly 75%. And I know that he has been a more dominant force in past years than he has this season, but I still think that like, the OBJ discount is getting more talked up this week than the Antonio Brown discount. And I think that they're both pretty equal in my opinion. Jonesy, what are your thoughts on those two guys? Oh, I can't believe you guys whiff so hard on this. Oh boy. It's AJ Green. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand what's happening. I checked. Honestly, when you started talking, I checked to make sure that Thielen wasn't on the main stage. <laughs> yeah, no, if, if you guys would have done all that and the, even if Thielen was like 9K, you guys would have been wrong. Um, 
Now, AJ Green uh, is going to be possibly a lock button for me. Obviously, the the matchup is is quite enticing. Um, the the sim score app that I referenced earlier uh, gives AJ Green like a significantly higher ceiling than AB, and he's a little bit cheaper. Uh, I I do like the Odell call. Obviously, like I'll have him in tournaments too, and I I might be able to fit him in in cash, but um. I, I really want me some AJ Green this week. Sounds like a side bet. A three way? Uh, yeah, I'll give you I'll give you a full point, Amico, and I'll give you half a point, Jones, to make up for the salary differences. Sure. Book it. Amico. Yeah, I mean, I've never I've never seen a bet that I'm not willing to take, so obviously I'll do that. <laughs> um, all right. If we're not playing those guys, and I mean we are, but <laughs> let's move down. Cooper Cup looking doubtful this week. I already mentioned the Rams have an implied team total of 33 points against the Packers who uh, were lit up earlier this season by basically everybody, but probably most noteworthy by Cedre Beathard. So are we considering yeah. uh, Robert Woods or Brandon cooks this week? Jones. Um, yeah. In, in, uh, in GPPs, I will be pairing him up, pairing both of them up in different ways with the golf goat. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely interested. Um, D- definitely not a cash play for me, but um, yeah, I'll definitely find some ways to get them in in tournaments. Amico? Yeah, I mean, I think they're definitely both good plays. We know that the slot role is the most valuable role, and that is the role occupied by Robert Woods. It is worth noting that uh, Jair Alexander is likely to make his return this week against the Rams, and he has been fantastic in the slot as a rookie for the Packers. So uh, kind of an interesting matchup there. Uh Green Bay has been dusted by opposing wideouts this season, so I think that there's a really good argument to be made for Cooks as well. Um, you know, ultimately playing a Rams receiver, I think, is good. I think playing both of them is even better with Goff. Fifty uh, percent of the targets went there last week. I kind of think that's going to continue for as long as Cup is out. We know that Sean McVay is a hashtag sharp coach, and uh, he knows how to get the ball to the money. So uh, I think both guys are good plays. Like I said, I think in tournaments playing both is really good. Yeah, I mean, neither really crushed it last week with Cup out of the lineup, but the Rams had that game so easily in wraps that they didn't really need to push it with them. So, um, you know, neither guy played every snap, which is something that we're, like, accustomed to seeing from them. So I, I totally would expect that to uh, to return this week. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's talk cheap, guys. Uh, I don't see a ton of cheap wide receivers that stand out to me this week. I think two guys who are going to get some uh, notoriety are the Raiders guys. You know, now that Amari Cooper is out of town, you've got Jordy Nelson and you've got Martavis Bryant, both very cheap. Uh, Do you think that these guys are safe enough to play in cash games? And what do you think about ceiling wise? I mean, you would think that Martavis Bryant would be the ceiling play of the two while Jordy would be the floor. But I'm curious just what your thoughts on these Raiders guys are, Miko. Yeah, so I mean, if you look at the data, Martavis Bryant actually has a higher weighted opportunity rating or Whopper. I know you like that stat, Matt. Uh, than <laughs> I Jordan. love a good Whopper. Yeah, I mean, he has more air yards on the season. He has just seven less targets. Uh, he has not yet scored, but he has obviously a much more competitive eight out than Jordy Nelson. Uh, we know that he also has the potential to be really good. I mean, we saw him do some awesome things in Pittsburgh. I think that talent-wise, he's certainly up there with uh, you know some of the best in the league. But I think that the real issue with Martavis has been getting on the field. 
They traded Amari, so he should be on the field. Uh, I like him. I think that he's a good play. Uh, if you look at the pricing of these guys, uh, you know, they're pretty close. So I think that is something to consider. Um, if you're looking at like a more of a cash game option, maybe you prefer Jordy because he has, you know, the lower A dot, so a higher kind of catch floor. Uh, someone who maybe isn't going to kill you, but Martavis Bryant, 3,700. Uh, certainly somebody that I'm going to be monitoring kind of throughout the week. And definitely a guy whose matchup with, uh, you know, the Colts corners, something that I want to look at a little more in depth as well. Is there a Whopper with cheese? That's the stat uh, the I would Whopper really with, be interested in. The Whopper with cheese is Julio Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, going to say the cheese is touchdowns, no, but never mind. <laughs> yeah, no touchdowns, just cheese. Uh, Jones, any interest in the Raiders, guys? Yeah, I mean, I would, like, in my dumb brain, I'm like, well, Jordy Nelson already has, like, whatever his role is, right? So, like, Martavis could grow into something. So that's, like, that's my, like, back of the napkin, like, caveman thought on it. I don't know. Like, I don't want to play either of them, but just that's just because I hate John Gruden so much. So I don't know. I'd, I'd rather not. I think there are better plays, and I don't think I need to go that cheap at wide receiver. That's the thing is that like I need a cheap guy somewhere. Like uh, you can play the cheap running oh, wow. backs for sure, but there are those top end guys we already mentioned. Like I would love to find, you know, this week's Jermaine Curse who's going to give me a donut at 4K that I can at least feel confident about heading into the week. So maybe that is Mark Davis this week. There you go. I think that we're past. I mean, I th- I shouldn't say that we're past, but I think that like I think that we have to get back to just taking the cheap running back touches and paying up for the good receivers. Like I think guys like Odell, the Rams guys, uh, you know, AB, AJ Green, like these guys do all the things like we're going to pay. We pay down at receiver. We end up on guys who have like mediocre target shares, inconsistent roles uh, or players that just like aren't very good. Uh, and when you do that, you leave yourself exposed to a zero from a guy like Jermaine Curse. So uh, I think Martavis Bryant, that's why that's why Mark uh, Bryant interests me is because I think he is a little bit of a, a break from that in terms of the talent. But I, I really think that like when you can lock in a reliable floor at a running back, that's just so much safer uh, than at a receiver. Very smart, I think. Yeah. Um, all right, GPP options. Who are some under the radar type guys, Jonesy, that you're looking at here? I don't know. Is is Emmanuel Sanders under the radar? Uh, sure. If I didn't mention him already, <laughs> consider him under the radar. All right. <laughs> you know, I, I just I can't win with you two. Sometimes it's unbelievable. I Your uncle Anthony the has not mentioned him, and therefore he is he is <laughs> under the radar. Um. Yeah, he's seen. Uh, not that it's like a crazy number, but over seventy air yards in the last three games. He's averaging a couple of red zone targets per game, and he's had uh, three 20-plus point games so far this year. So I think he's putting together a more solid season than we think. Um, I think if he was cheaper, maybe by like six or 700 bucks, he would be like kind of chalky and people would be talking him up. So um, he's a guy that I'm interested in. Uh, I think the uh, the Golden Tate revenge game could be a thing. Love it. Uh, <laughs> again, just caveman brain coming through and uh and jarvis i love me some jarvis this week amico who are you looking at oh it's tough i mean i think the detroit guys are always in play i think that uh kenny galladay golden tate 
Again, I, you know, I just like talented receivers that play with decent quarterbacks like Matt Stafford. Um, I'm a little concerned about like the Denver guys just because it's in Kansas City this week. Um, I mean, I'm sure that fantasy players will be too, so you can get him at a little, get those guys at a little bit of a discount. Um, but I mean, for me, like I'm not gonna go terribly off script this week with uh, with under the radar guys. I mean, I think that for the most part, like the best plays are the guys that we've mentioned. Um, if I'm looking to get, uh, you know, a little fancy, like I think like the best way to almost differentiate is like just like try to land the right. Tampa Bay wide receiver, Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, like none of those guys are ever going to command a tremendous ownership just because uh, it's really difficult to figure out like who does what. Uh, I also like the Baldwin this week, eight targets last week. I kind of think that he's back Uh, huge pace down game, obviously against Detroit, but uh, I certainly think that we've seen Baldwin in the past dominate, uh, you know, these like low pace games. So I think that he is probably on my radar. Yeah, I, I like all the calls you guys made. I mean, the Detroit guys um, are, are all priced really nicely, in my opinion. That game scares me in terms of pace, like you said, Anthony, earlier. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, two of the three found the end zone this week. Uh, I'm going to continue to play John Brown as well. You know, I don't know what this guy has to do to get priced up above 6K, but it's obviously not catch a hundred yards worth of passes and a touchdown each week. Cause that's basically what he does. So I will play him at 5,900. I think he's a pretty nice value. All right, let's move on to the tight end position. Uh, and Travis Kelsey stands alone this week, basically no Rob Gronkowski and no Zach Ertz. So he's all the way up there at 6,800. No one else is above 55. So, uh, I think we're all have, have kind of been saying that we're going to be looking for every dollar possible. So it's probably going to be tough for us to afford Kelsey in cash games. But uh, what do we think about him for GPPs, Jonesy? Yeah, I mean, obviously the the ceiling is there. Um, Kansas City is going to probably score a ton of points. Shocker there. Um, yeah, so I mean, I'll definitely have some exposure to him, but I, there's no chance that I'm paying up for him in cash. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the way I feel too. Like his ceiling is just so high every week. Like he's a hundred yards and a touchdown. Like not not surprising. Obviously, multiple touchdowns are are in his range of outcomes as well. Uh, Amico, what are your thoughts on Kelsey this week? Uh, love, big love. I mean, he is way way cheaper than Tyree Kill, despite seeing similar volume. Obviously, Hill sees those targets deeper down the field, but uh, at his position. Uh, Kelsey sees tremendous volume and tremendous depth of target. So uh, I love Kelsey this week. I mean, he's a fringe cash play for me. Obviously, you mentioned, Matt, we want to try to save some money where we can. Uh, but if I have the money, I'm certainly going to be spending it for Kelsey. Yeah, I, I played Zach Ertz in cash last week. And like, it's just such a luxury to have one of those guys. Yeah. So if you can afford it, 10 out of 10 would recommend. Um. Moving down a little bit, I mean, David Njoku has popped up on the injury report, which is a little bit concerning, but he's he's, uh, exceeded salary-based expectations in four straight games and now has one of the best matchups possible for a tight end against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Assuming he is good to go, how do you guys feel about him at 4,600 on DraftKings? Yeah, I mean, I I said I think a few weeks ago that I was gonna just lock button him until their buy because of all the great matchups that he had. 
the injury is obviously concerning, but I think if he's if he's playing that uh he's gonna be all right. So I would uh I would assume that he's gonna be my tight end in the three man this week. I kind of feel the same way. Uh, 4,600, like, it does feel like there are more tight ends in that, like, mid to high 4K range than there were at the beginning of the season, which is a little weird. Like, David Njoku in this matchup, I feel like early in the season would not have been this expensive, but Mm -hmm. it's still such a good spot if he's active. Uh, Amiko, what are your thoughts on Njoku? I mean, the Steelers are complete sieves to tight ends, but... I uh I will not be playing David Njoku this week. I will likely be just paying the extra money to get Jared Cook. Uh, I think that Cook is the most reliable current receiver on the Raiders. He is just 5K. Like he's already been a really awesome fantasy tight end to begin with. Um, and now we're gonna put him on a team that now doesn't have Amari Cooper. Like I feel like again very similar to what we we're saying before about Jordy. Like low A dot, so he has a high catch rate. A good floor, someone that you know is going to be involved in the offense. He has the highest weighted opportunity rating on the entire team. Um, So that's a guy that I really like. I mean, no one on the Raiders, including Amari Cooper, uh, you know, is within, I don't know, 12 targets of him out of the receivers. Jalen Richard has 37 targets. That's pretty close to Cook's 44, but that's it. So I I like me some Cook this week. Difference in price is not very uh, vast between he and Njoku. Want to yeah. go him versus Njoku straight up? We'll uh, I bet, yeah, sure. Okay. I just don't know if I agree with the thing about him having a safe floor. Like, he's gone for over 30 DK points in two games, and then every other game he's been at 8.9 or less. Yeah, so, but now, he's the, now he's the only dude, though. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I do hear that, but, you know, he's still catching passes from Derek Carr, so Gross. I don't know. I, I, I like him more for tournaments than for cash games. But I do hear your points, and I think they're valid. Um, That was nice. I like that. Let's talk (laughs) some cheaper guys. Let's say we're not paying above 4K for a tight end. Who are some of the guys that you're looking at, Amico? I mean, first of all, pay over 4K for a tight end. No. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, if that's that's what you think, then that's, you know, good to get out there. I mean, I think that you can get by with some of the cheaper guys like O.J. Howard, yeah. Uh, has obviously been really involved in the offense. I mean, two weeks ago, I mean, the guy, first of all, is not, wasn't even expected to be on the field yet because of the MCL injury. Uh, but he saw nine targets last week, second on the team. Uh, I think that he, at the beginning of the year, also was flashing, like taking that next step as an NFL tight end. Uh, so he is someone that I think I like under 4K. Uh, and then right underneath him, Vance McDonald, uh, back in that Pittsburgh-Cleveland game. Uh, also a good spot. So I think I, if I'm going to go under 4K, it's going to be like just under 4K. Yeah, you know I'm always interested in Vance will make him dance McDonald. And if you look at his production, pretty good game last week, eight targets, seven catches, 68 yards. Uh, before that, he had a clunker. But, you know, outside of that one week, he's been pretty involved for the Steelers offense. So I, I like Vance at 3,700 at home in a spot where we expect them to score points. Uh, Jones, if you're going a little bit cheaper, who are you looking at? Yeah, I, I don't think I'm going below OJ Howard. I think he makes a lot of sense. Um, obviously, he can just like run people over and just sort of like incredible Hulk smash them into the ground. Um, I, I get the thought process with McDonald and even uh, 
CJ uh, to a to a certain extent, but I just don't think I want to eat the ownership on like a cheap tight end play like that. I don't know. Like, what do you, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Like, it's such a gross thing to do anyway. Like, if I'm going to eat ownership, I'm going to pay for Travis Kelsey somehow. Like, I'm not going to eat ownership on a cheap, like a dirt cheap tight end that I'm not sure about. Yeah, I hear you. Like, it's a volatile position, and so you probably don't want to be on the, you know, guys who are going to be like 10 plus percent owned, I guess. But I don't think that really any tight end outside of maybe Kelsey is going to have like double digit ownership on this slate. I think it's going to be pretty spread. Yeah. Amico, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really care. Like, I, I'm kind of <laughs> like over. I'm kind of over ownership at like a couple of these positions. Like a tight end, I just want the best plays. Like, I think like even if you give up some ownership, like the guys, the guys towards the top of the salary chart, especially, but like really anybody that is going to be productive, like has a chance to give you like a really huge gap over the field because there's just not that many productive players at tight end. All right, let's go on to defense. Uh, this position does look like there's going to be some chalk. The Steelers are just 2,300 on DraftKings, projected for greater than 25% ownership. Um, I, I mean, we've all kind of repeated that we don't like playing the chalk defenses in GPPs, but how do you feel about using them in cash games? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll just I'll, 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 I'll take this one because I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like Pittsburgh is just like a must-play in cash. Like if you're not going to play the Steelers at 2,300 in cash against Cleveland, just send me a head-to-head at Amixta. Like, I, I will <laughs> happily, happily play you because they are just easily the best play. Like, the uh, Gregory Mayfield has been sacked at least five times in three straight games. Uh, he's fumbled the ball. He's thrown interceptions. Like, he's been a rookie quarterback. And, uh, you know, opposing defenses have done a really good job of scoring fantasy points against Cleveland. So, to get Pittsburgh at just 2,300 as an eight-point favorite at home against a team that's been prone to – letting their quarterback get sacked in a matchup where they will almost certainly have to throw the ball. Uh, I will happily take Pittsburgh at 2,300. You know, that you mentioned that we're going to maybe fade them in cash at 25, 30% owned. Uh, I think that, sorry, in in tournaments, I think that's fair. Uh, But in cash, they are the absolute stone must play. Yeah, and just to hammer it home, they have the highest uh, projected sack total at Fantasy Labs, 3.3. Nobody else is even really remotely close to that. So to get that defense at only $300 above the minimum is, uh, I think, you're on to something, Anthony. Uh, Jones, you have any thoughts on Philly before – I'm sorry, Pittsburgh before you move on? Yeah, no, you're you're screwed in cash without him, so just play him in cash. Okay, so if we are going to fade them in tournaments, who are some other options that you're looking at, Jones? It's, it's my weekly uh, game of roulette, just – Fire up the uh, projected uh, projected sca- sacks here. Wow, I can speak English. <laughs> um, and it looks like L.A. and Detroit are going to be the cheapest uh, high sack totals. So those are the two that I'm rolling with. Yeah, I mean, we love big favorites on defense. And people will probably be scared off of the Rams considering the matchup with Rodgers. So that could definitely be an interesting leverage play. I know Amico's on board with that. I mean, yeah, we were looking for a response. Like, of course, yeah, I was looking for you to say, I hate Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) Uh, I mean, he doesn't throw a lot of picks, but they've been hit, he's been hit a lot this year. Like, I actually think that's like a legit play. Um, anybody else you're looking at, Amico? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I think defense obviously is where we want to get crazy, right? Defense, we can get a little wild. Um, I think that teams like Arizona are obvious good plays, right? Like they're playing against bad quarterbacks. Like that, I think both defenses in that matchup are good. Uh, but I also love when the Chiefs are at home. I know that the defense has been really bad, but you know who's been really bad? Case Keenum. And uh, with Chad Kelly arrested and then subsequently cut in uh, just very embarrassing fashion. Don't forget that he got beat by a vacuum tube. Right, and beat by a vacuum tube. I got to throw that in there. (laughs) Uh, The Broncos have no other choice but to let Case Keenum just throw himself into oblivion. So I feel like in Arrowhead, uh, there is huge, huge upside here for multiple sacks, turnovers, all that good stuff. So. Uh, I like the Chiefs a lot. I mean, Chiefs are, I, I think, also a good defense to pair with uh, your boy Kareem Hunt, man. I kind of dig on the Chiefs as well, Anthony. Um, what do you guys think about the Washington Redskins against your New York Giants? I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. Giants, the Giants the Giants, stink. Like, I mean, they they love letting Eli get hit. They love doing dumb things. Like, they love giving up the ball. They have no defense. Like, there's there's – very, 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 very many things that can go well. Yeah, you- and I, I just think that this was like a major wave the white flag week with all the trades that they made. So it would not shock me if they just kind of like folded up shop and mailed in the rest of the season. So uh, I like Washington at 2,700, even though they're on the road, which is not something I normally like to do. But I think that, um, you know, we could be looking. Eli's days could be limited here, boys. Ooh, la let a time. Uh, all right, Millie Maker time. I want some low-owned picks that you think could win somebody a million dollars. And Jones, I believe you actually hit yours last week, right? I did. All right, so we'll let you start first then, sir. All right, Mr. Jarvis Landry is going to be on the Millie Maker winning lineup. Jarvis, okay. Amico? Oh, so many routes to go. I like, I actually, I know I labor over this because I actually really like doing this. Like, I think this is important. This is how people win big money and then not us. Um, but I think, uh, I think the guy for me this week is going to end up being Demarius Thomas. Hmm. Okay. Under five K they, you know, they've been saying they want to trade him, but he's still getting volume, maybe a showcase spot. I just, I think the upside is there. He's grading out extremely highly in the fantasy labs models this week at just 4,900. So I I can get behind that for sure. Um, I struggled with this because I really don't see like a guy that stands out to me as like a low, a long shot play for the week that, that that I think has in, let me try that again in English. In English, please. I don't see anyone that's looking like a low owned play that I'm like super on board with at the moment. The one guy that I will say is Nick Chubb. Um, I think that this could be an interesting week. Like he didn't, he didn't do bad last week. He had 80 yards and a touchdown, but now there are the newer, shinier running backs, you know, emerging. So I think that Chubb could have lower ownership this week. And while Pittsburgh is a decent team, they certainly can be scored upon. So I think Nick Chubb is interesting. I think that there's going to be some, you know, I don't know what the word is, not recency bias, but like anytime something new pops up, that's what people gravitate towards. Shiny new toy syndrome. Yeah, I like that. So there could be some shiny new toy syndrome with Nick Chubb this week. Uh, All right, bold call times. We've already made a couple side bets on this show, but uh, let's, let's end this thing with a bold call. And we'll start with you, Mr. Amico. 
Uh, James Winston, 400 yards passing this week. Mr. Jones? Yowzas. Uh, I'm going to go AJ Green over 35 PPR points or Ooh. DK points, whatever. Yeah, that's that's pretty bold. Uh, I don't exactly. know if I can top that. <laughs> I, I was going to say Antonio Brown, 100 yards and two touchdowns, but now that feels that feels uh, mild. So I'm going to stick with it, though. I don't yeah, want to that, go that's, any That's around like 35-ish points most likely. Right? Yeah, something yeah, like that. That's fair. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week. Uh, please be sure to subscribe to rate and review the show on iTunes, assuming that we ever get back up on iTunes. I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but maybe. I think our, I think our individual feed, I like, I think the on the, on the daily feed is updated. All right, good. Yeah. <laughs> and remember to check out our listeners league to try to take down me, Anthony and Jonesy yeah, for Anthony it. and Matt. I'm Matt LaMarca. Good luck this week. Thank you for listening to On the Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. And special thanks to Randy E. Aguabo for the introduction. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the established Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email on the daily DFS at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at on the daily DFS. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.